You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With the first pick in the NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select 10,000 layups. 10,000. Ten thousand layups. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the Ten Thousand Layups Podcast. I'm Kyle Radke, and I'm here with not Julian Andrews today because he is. Um, I think he's he's probably working, or he he just is slowly planning his exodus from this podcast. Um, no, you'll catch Julian on the second half of this podcast when we get to our card corner. Um, but in the meantime, we have a um, pretty admirable replacement um, in Chris Hine from the Star Tribune. Chris, thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, it's great to be here, Kyle. Good to talk to you. Uh, we're coming. We're recording this on a um, is today Thursday, Thursday at noon, um, a day after the Wolves beat the Bucks, which um, we won't talk too much about. Just uh, trying to keep it like as evergreen as we can. Maybe we'll dive into it more in the second half of the podcast. But um, Chris, I know we talk every single year, right? And I think we fall into these traps um, probably like I've, I've seen it on both sides, right? Like when I've worked for the team where every training camp, you're like, oh my God, this is different. Um, there's different energy, there's different vibes. And then like every year, it's kind of the same. Um, is is there a difference this year compared to last year as far as like how the team is carrying itself? It's hard to say, right? Because I feel like, like you said, we we fallen into that trap before. Or you like you know you hear the you hear the the rah rah kind of rhetoric that comes out of a training camp, and you know it's like that in sports everywhere. Everybody is that's O and O has all these these grand hopes, and then you know more often than not, at least with the Timberwolves, they don't quite pan out. So I guess, you know, you just have to be a little more guarded or skeptical, whatever term you want to use. I, you know, because, you know, tomorrow, like, you know, Carl Anthony Towns could go out and hurt his wrist again or something like that. Or, or and, you know, and before you know it, you're, you're mired in a losing streak. And, and so I, I, you know, I do, I do think it's, it's prudent to just be a little cautiously optimistic. There's reason to be hopeful this year. I think that you didn't have in previous years and, and Anthony Edwards, I think would be the main reason, but you know, 
let's see let's see how a few weeks go by let's see how their first true like you know road trip goes things like that before you before you really get excited yeah i think like for me it's and like when you watch every single game and and you do too like i think it's easy to be on like either side of that where this like you're, you're skeptical because you're like well yeah i've been i've been in this dance before right like i know how this ends um and you know, it's alone in a dark room crying. Um, and, but then, but then there, there is like the other side, right. We're like last night we're watching Carl Anthony towns and, um, the first three games of the season, like it was frustrating to watch him because he has these just, um, you know, kind of like temper tantrums on the court. And then last night I remember like Jim Peterson's like, Oh, it's great to see Carl. So calm. Looks like he figured it out. And like, of course he didn't figure it out in one game. Um, enough people just talked to him and I'm sure he read enough things. Um, that he's like, Hey, I gotta kind of calm down here. Um, like, otherwise I'm for sure not going to get these calls. Um, I guess to the beginning of the season, um, obviously like there's so much drama in the NBA with the Ben Simmons thing. Um, like where will he end up? And I think everybody was just kind of getting ready for training camp. And I think there probably were rumblings of, of the, the, the Gerson Rosas. Um, and, and I know like a lot of people have alluded to that, that, that cover the team. And like, there's always such like a tough balance there because, I think fans were like, well, why didn't any media member ever like talk about how, uh, you know, people don't like working with this guy. And like, I think the obvious answer is, um, and you know, maybe you can talk about this, but like when you have to work with the front office daily, like it's probably not a great idea to be like, Hey, like, um, nobody likes working for this guy. But, um, as far as that went down and and we'll leave kind of like the, you know, extracurricular activities out of it, but just like that firing and everything, um, I mean, what, what was it like going through that? Yeah. You know, I, I, I would say that when the firing uh, email came through or the tweet, I think it was from the PR department. I, I don't think I was as a reporter total. I wasn't totally caught off guard by it because, you know, you had been hearing things throughout the summer and, you know, to, to be honest, you know, if, if, you know, you want to kind of dive into like the, the journalism aspect of it, the conversations that I, you know, had had with people over the summer, um, you know, about the situation, I think that, and I think that others had, you know, were off the record conversations, right? That that means you can't use what these people are telling you, right? You, you, you so you kind of know what's going on, but it, when, when conversations are specified as being off the record, they're off the record. And the reason why they're off the record is, you know, people's jobs are at stake, Right. And, and, you know, people, uh, Gerson is still in charge, people's jobs are at stake. And so that's how, you know, that's why maybe you don't hear it from the media members is because you have that dynamic for the people that are, that might be saying those things, but their jobs are at stake, their livelihoods are at stake. So they're, they're, they're afraid to say things that makes sense. Right. So, you know, you try to work on taking these, you know, taking these conversations and maybe putting them more into a, a form where you can report it. And that's a very careful, it's a very, you have to be very careful. It's a very pain, it can be a very painstaking process. Um, and it's not an easy one. And, you know, it's, and so you, you again, you, you hear these things going on, but you can't really report it because of you're bound by, you know, the conversations that you have and, and the off the record nature of it. If, if that, if people can understand where I'm coming from with that. And I think that that's what you saw a lot of uh, with this situation. 
Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, and I, I think that's like always like the tough balance of, um, you know, like obviously my role with the team was completely different. I was, I, I worked for the team, um, but it like you heard certain rumblings and like, obviously I couldn't report it. Otherwise I would get fired, which, um, well, that didn't work well in my favor regardless, but, um, <laughs> um, any, but like, okay. You know, with, with Sasha and Gupta starting when he, when he started with the wolves, uh, when Rosas brought him on, like Timberwolves fans were so excited for what he can bring and, and, um, everything for, with, with his demeanor and like his overall skill sets. Um, you know, I, I don't want to ask a leading question here, but like, has he been pretty impressive so far in your interactions with him and, and just kind of what, what you've seen and heard about him? Well, you know, I, I've, I've uh, known Sasha ever since he he took the job here. So this isn't, you know, I'm, I've gotten to know him over the last couple of years since he came in with Gerson Rosas and, you know, I, I think the uh, he hasn't really changed at all, at least in my, you know, in my interactions with him. Um, I think the thing with him is I don't think you're going to see him maybe as out in front as Gerson was, you know, because Gerson and Gerson and there's different there's different styles to this and, and people can agree or disagree with different styles. But Gerson was always very out in front with the media. You know, he would he would do a lot of uh, media availabilities to talk about the state of the team to try and control the message and things like that. And, and some people like that. I think Sachin's going to be more, I don't think you're going to see him as out in front. I don't think you're going to see him do, you know, we'll see how many like media availabilities or interviews he does, you know, but I just don't think that that's his style to be that kind of rah-rah type guy. He works very much behind the scenes. Very, I, everybody that that knows him seems to to really enjoy him and like him. And, and he's a very, I, I think he has a lot of, uh, a lot of good nature around the league around him. And so uh, I think there are a lot of people rooting for him. Um, I think, you know, you see him just walking around before the game with like, you know, different people, whether it be like agents or, or players, families and their crew. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hugging. There's a lot of back slapping. There's a lot of shaking hands. So it seems like, you know, that, that whole dynamic is, is, is working really well so far. And, and I think th things are smooth going smoothly for, for him so far, but, you know, we'll see what, what ownership wants to do. You never know, especially when you have a new crew coming in, like Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez, you know, the, the tendency always is like, they're going to want to hire their guys in their positions. Right. Um, they have spoken very highly of Sachin and, and they seem to really uh, enjoy working with him so far but you never really know what they're going to want until the chips are down. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and th that kind of leads me to my next question with, with ownership. Um, I, you know, obviously we're in that honeymoon phase right now where uh, everybody loves Mark Laurie and everybody loves Alex Rodriguez and everybody's talking about the things they're doing that Glenn Taylor didn't do. And um, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, and, and they've been very public and in the spotlight and, and I've seen, you've interviewed them a few times. You've written stories on them. Um, I think you posted a picture. Um, you know, I, I saw one with, with you and Mark and Al first off, like just getting a picture with Alex. Somebody else did, by the way, <laughs> I didn't know that picture was being taken at the time, but I see, I would have planted that picture if I were you, um, that would have been my, and kind of leaked it out there. Um, no, but, but I think like, just first off, it's surreal for Minnesota fans like Alex Rodriguez is a, is a part owner of the team. Um, but your interactions with them so far, um, what, what have they been like? They seem, you know, pretty um, like so far, pretty positive and, and 
Um, you know, they've been successful in, in things that they've done, but w- what have your interactions with them been like? Yeah, I think, um, you know, they've been, they've been pretty positive. I, th- I think the one thing that they have been trying to establish is, is that, uh, they are invested in this team and in Minnesota specifically, you know, and I know that there's a lot of people that were, you know, that were very skeptical when, when the news first came out, oh, that's it, the Timberwolves are moving, you know, and, and I think there are still people that are skeptical that, that they're going to stay here. But I think, I think you see a, a, I think that's the vibe I've gotten. I think the biggest vibe I've gotten from, from just getting to know them and, and the people that, that kind of work for them is, is how do we make this work in Minnesota? How do we improve this team? And how do we make this a team that Minnesota fans will take pride in? And I think that's been the biggest takeaway from my, from my interactions with them so far. Yeah, and I think their approach in general has been um, kind of the right way to do it. Because I think it's easy to come in, right, to a franchise that's been pretty unsuccessful for the last, uh, you know, 20 years or, you know, whatever, and say we're going to change everything instead they're they, they've been patient they've um you know they, they've worked with you know they i think they intended to work with gerson and obviously that situation was what it was but they're working with with gupta and, and the rest of the front office they're working with um ethan Casson and ryan tanky and um while certainly those things could change and like maybe i don't i don't know maybe the vegas odds are that they do change but at least like they're you know, the impression is that they're giving everybody a, a fair chance before the official takeover happens, um, which is good. Cause I think from a fan perspective, it, you know, it builds that trust. Um, I guess, you know, a, as we close out basketball questions, there are some bonus questions that fans submitted here, um, for, for you, of course. Um, but you know, for, for Minnesota right now, I think, uh, three and one through four games, um, positives and, and negatives, but if the wolves make the playoffs or at least a play in game, what needs to happen this season? What's like the one thing that you circle and go like, okay, if this happens, they have a chance. The big three stay relatively healthy. They, they don't miss significant stretches like they did last year. I think that's to me, that's number one because availability is the best thing. Like new Orleans, you know, could be in the mix for the, for the play in potentially, but Zion's hurt. Right. So you know, if, if Kat gets hurt or if, if Ant gets hurt uh, or even if D'Lo gets hurt, you know, what does that dynamic look like? You know, maybe maybe they, they don't go, go completely in the tank now that if, if Kat misses like a month or two, right? But it's going to hurt them a lot if, if one of those three goes out for, for any significant amount of time. Because I think, if, I think if they are healthy, I look at the, I look at the bottom of the Western Conference and if they have those guys available for 70-ish games, they're better than – I think they're better than every other team at the bottom of the Western Conference. And there's no reason why they shouldn't be at least the 10th seed in the play-in, uh, in the play-in tournament. Uh, that's, that's just my – that's my take. No, I agree. I think, you know, with the Zion injury, like even like the 35 and a half win total, it went up by two. It's like, that seems low to me when you look at some of those teams at the bottom of the West that, that you should just beat. Um, and then you sh- like you steal those games against Milwaukee. Like those are huge. Um, okay. Bonus questions. Uh, Chris, you are, you travel quite a bit with the team. I think like pretty much every road trip. Um, and uh, for my, I think there's only, I think you're the only one that really travels to every game. Um, but what is your best road trip city? Ooh. So like you're, you see the schedule. Question. Yeah. No, you know what? To be honest with you, I covered hockey for, for about three seasons 
and I'm going to go off the NBA board and I'm going to go to hockey here. And I'm going to say it's a tie for me between Montreal and Vancouver. I, I sincerely hope that the NBA puts a team back in Vancouver or something like that. Cause Vancouver is like one of the prettiest, nicest, just awesome cities you could ever visit. And I used to always look forward to going there when I covered hockey, same with Montreal, just the, 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 the food in Montreal is fantastic. The, the, the atmosphere, the environment there is, is so, is so cool. You know, and personally for me, it has one of the best like gay districts in, in North America for my money. So I always love kind of just walking up and down the streets there. Um, it's very welcoming. It's very fun, except when it's, you know, negative 10 in the winter or whatnot. But in the spring, fall, or summer, it, it doesn't get much better than Montreal. Okay, those are two good, two good options. Um, I've I've never <laughs> been to either. I trust you. Um, if I ever, they're great places to spend a long week for sure. Good. Um, okay, uh, go to karaoke song. I always go with. Um, I have two, um, but the one that I always venture back to is. Uh, you've lost that love and feeling by the righteous brothers. Um, it has like a, a, in the middle of it, you know, it has like the, a call and response element. So like you can have like audience participation in it. if like they're into it. Just big. Right. People remember it from top gun. Uh, so, you know, it's, 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 it's a song that people recognize most of the time when you're in a karaoke bar. Depends on the crowd, but you, most of the time when you sing, you've lost that love and feeling, people do recognize and we'll sing along mine is um i want it that way by the backstreet boys i mean um, you can't go wrong with that one either yeah. i have a funny i have a funny story about that actually about that particular karaoke song i was i lived in chicago for eight years and uh there was this bar that i always used to go to called uptown lounge um and it was, it was right by one of the the concert venues uh the riviera i think it is or they no, the aragon the aragon in chicago is right next door to uptown lounge and one night um, the script was playing. I don't know if people remember the band, the script. Yeah, do I ever? <laughs> so they were playing at the Aragon that night, and uh, what happens a lot of times is the is the crowd from the Aragon comes over to Uptown Lounge after the shows are over, and it was karaoke night this night. And I sang "I Want It That Way" maybe at like 1 o'clock in the morning, right? And there's maybe let's say twenty ish people in the bar. But in the middle of the bar, there's like this group of like guys and a couple girls like just going absolutely crazy as I'm singing. I want it that way. And I know the bartender. And after after I after I sing, I go up to the bartender and she's like, you know, who you know, who was dancing to your to your I want it that way. She's like, that was the script. I was like, get it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like that was the band like they were they were here. I was like, yeah. You should have told me. Like I would have <laughs> come up or something like that. You know, we could have all jammed out to "I want it that way." But I do have I have a fun memory with that. With that, that song. is an awesome story. <laughs> That's good. Uh, awesome. Well, hey, Chris, thank you so much, man. Um, we appreciate it. Uh, we'll get you back on um, during the season, but um, enjoy it. I know that's uh, it's kind of a grind throughout the season for for you, but um, you do great work. So everybody, go read his stuff yeah. over at the Star Tribune. Um, and Chris, where can we get you on Twitter? Christopher Hine and at Chris Hine three, three on Instagram. If you want to follow me there as well. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate it.
and welcome to the second half of our podcast and i'm back with julian andrews julian what is uh, up we missed you we missed you so much during the yeah. first part christmas good though christmas good. good i'm glad i'm excited i full disclosure to the listeners i've not yet listened to that interview um but i'm excited to listen to it and i'm especially excited after a good world wolves win yeah, we didn't talk too much about like hey, specific. Never mind. <laughs> well, I mean, we kind of did, but it's like so hard when you get guys yeah. like that because, like, I don't want to get too reactive. But thanks, thanks to Chris. Uh, and again, we want to thank our good friends over at DraftKings. The NBA is back at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. The key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just five dollars on any NBA team to win their game, and if they do, you win two hundred dollars in free bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use a promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets. If you win, if they win, you win with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Julian. Uh, it seems like uh, everybody should bet on the Lakers to beat the Thunder, right? Well, that's what you think. I watched that well, game yeah, wait a last night, and uh, <laughs> nothing make me, me uh, like I, I don't hate Russell Westbrook because I think he's actually a good person. Um, yeah, I don't totally. like Russell Westbrook, the basketball player. Seeing him getting kicked out of the game with like two seconds left was like my favorite thing ever because nice. he's like throwing a temper tantrum, basically knowing that they're going to lose. Um, we're going to start with the three-star sports card card corner. I got some cards graded there today. Actually, I stopped by and talked to um, my good friend, Eric. Uh, and then we also have some like biggest risers and followers. But first, I guess, Julian, like we're on some limited time here, but like, wow, good win from yeah. the Wolseys last night. Seriously, you got to love it. I mean, everybody's talking. I feel like I didn't watch the game because of the streaming uh, yeah. you know, problem. Um Normally I would figure out another way to watch it, which I won't say, but uh, did not last night. So that's too bad. But everyone's talking about Carl, like not freaking out, which which I think is Chris, great. But it's like kind of funny about, that the narrative is like Carl's not losing his well, mind. And Jim Peterson, who I, again, like we've shit on him in two podcasts in our own. I, I like Jim Pete a lot, actually. Like I've had lunch with oh, him yeah, multiple yeah. times. Like he's like a, like a friend. Um, but he was like, oh, Carl hasn't. And I get it, right? Like he's like not hired by the Timberwolves, but like he kind of is. Yeah, where yeah. where he's like, well, Carl has turned it around. He's not going after the refs. This is good to see. And it's like, well, it's one game, and yeah. everybody's and literally everybody in the NBA has given him shit that that's watching these games because he's been so bad. Yeah. Um, so that that was one thing that stood out, and then uh, you just love to see the wanting to the kind of closer mindset from Edwards, but. Those were basically yeah. my two uh, big takeaways. Yeah, big win overall. Like, it makes up for that Pelicans loss, um, oh, yeah. in my opinion. Like, you, you try to hedge your bets. Um, okay, let's go through these graded cards, and then I'm going to go through, like, risers and fallers. And I know, like, if you're listening to this, like, you don't really care. Um, like, people on YouTube can maybe watch Skip this. It. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, Fernando Tatis, uh, 2020 Chrome. And you can't really even see this on video. Uh, let me just go through my basketball ones. Um, uh, okay, we got this Luka Doncic mosaic uh, second year card. Go big or go home. It's a it's a PSA ten, so that's nice. nice. Um, what else do we get here? I mean, I honestly got like ten cards back and eight were tens. We have a Cam Reddish Donruss rated rookie. 
um, nice. just the base, which is a PSA 10. Um, and then we got Julian, we got your card. We got another card back of yours. It's a Shea Gilgis Alexander, um, PSA nine blue velocity optic. So nice. that's nice. Um, I think it's like going for like 70, 70 or 80 bucks. Nice. So. We love to see um, it. Well, we're going to wait until Shea is like a, yeah, a little bit more high profile to even think about selling then, that one. And then we also got a, uh, I got a Justin Herbert rated rookie, uh, PSA 10. So crushed like it. $300 card. So very nice. nice. Um, other guys that are crushing it. Um, this is as of yesterday. So, uh, basically like I went through three, two, two of these guys are like the biggest risers in the NBA as far as sports card. Mm -hmm. One is like kind of rising, but he's not rising as much as I thought he would. So, uh, Lamella ball is up 27% in sales over the last, wow. this is, this is over the last week. Jeez. And he was already up there. Yep. Get this Julian in 24 hours, the last 24 hours, there were $21,590 worth of sales of uh, Lamella ball cards. Wow. The pop count is high on those two. I yeah. feel like, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cards in there and they, like, and th that's actually the good point when you bring up pop count, because like there's a pretty low pop count because nobody's grading them, which is why, oh, I think, right. which is why I think there's so much, you know, transactions going on. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah. Totally. Which also probably tells you why the cards that are graded are going for a lot of money. Oh so. yeah. I had it mixed up. That was the class where there's none of them. There's yeah, like, like no this last cards. year. Nobody. Right, 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 yeah. right, 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 right. Um, and then you have Tyler Harrow. So he's gone up 32.55%. Um, and if you remember Tyler Harrow, obviously if you're in the sports card community, he obviously had that huge finals in the bubble where his stuff just went like astronomical. Um, became the face of NBA top shot. And then yeah. Was, and it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and then he had no and, longer the face of NBA top then, shot. Yeah. And then he had like a fine last year, right? Like, yeah, right. It was like, it wasn't like a huge bust year. It was just like, Oh yeah, yeah. he had a sophomore slump. His cards dipped significantly. Um, he's up tons, but like in comparison, awesome. uh, like Lamella ball selling $22,000 in a day. Uh, Tyler Harris is like 2,500 in a day. Yeah. Um, but I, I sold one of his PSA 10 Donruss rated rookies for like 28 bucks a few weeks ago. And they're already up to like 40 bucks because he Damn. got off to a hot start. So, um, yeah. And then another guy who's gotten off to such a hot start and he's in that weird spot where like, you know, where it's really hard in the sports card community, um, where like you're a star, but you're not one of the guys and that's John ja Morant. So John ja Morant mm -hmm. has gone up 7% and like, I don't know how he could have looked any better to start the season. Um, then he, then he did, yeah, um, like, he's like entering that top 10 territory, but he's probably, he's, yeah. he's not there yet. So I think that's probably why you're seeing it. You're seeing like this weird hesitancy of like, he's already kind of pricey. So like how much pricier can he get before he enters like the, the stars of the stars. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've seen $14,000 of sales from his stuff in the last 24 hours. Um, wow. the biggest fallers, um, so 18%, we've seen Devontae Graham stock fall, which is actually kind of weird because like he played fine it's against good, the Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Like wow. I don't know what people want about him. My guess is that there's so many other guys out there that are like because yeah. I think when people sent in their cards to get graded for Devontae Graham, he was like, we thought he's gonna be much better than like he is. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Um Kawhi Leonard, now he's dropped 12%. Um, and then the next guy, Joel Embiid, has dropped 10%. So, um, Embiid is interesting because he's still playing and he's putting up like 
really good numbers without Simmons there. Um, more assists, less turnovers. So I think there's an opportunity there. I think there's a huge opportunity with Kawhi because if you have the balls to buy a bunch of Kawhi stuff right now when he's out, um, and maybe less about the balls and more about the bankroll, um, to go buy a bunch of like PSA 10 Kawhis, that's Mm -hmm. like, I would do that. Um, I don't have that. No. Um, but I would do that if I were you. Um, nice. so, but if not but, me either, you do that. If you were the listener, if you were, if you were a rich listener, but what I will say, if like, if, you if you're do, a rich, if you're a rich listener, really what you should be doing with your money is sponsoring the podcast, the 10,000 labs podcast. I agree. Um, but what I will say is if you're selling Kawhi right now, I have a lot of questions. Um, mm-hmm. and not like not personal questions. Like if you need money, what's you need your money. name and where do you That's, live? Yeah, where do you live? Give me your cards. <laughs> um, but just like, don't sell him right now. Probably like if you need money, I guess like I'm like, that's like the one point I always try to yeah, make. Like, I mean, because I did that before the wedding, right? Like there's cards sure. where I'm like, shit, I don't want to sell this card, but like it's yeah. going to get, it's, it's going to get me $1,500 to pay for my wedding. Like I'd rather do it than not do it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the thing with, Kawhi, I mean, if you're really concerned that Kawhi is not going to be able to come back strong from the ACL injury, I guess, but then at the same time, it's like still though he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I would just, I would, just you know, so just yeah. hold it until he. Devontae Graham, I get, like even like Tyler Harrow, if you're selling right now, like good yeah, for yeah. you. Um, yeah, but hmm. yeah, we want to thank our good friends at Three Stars. They're great. Um, if you need anything there, uh, I think NBA Recon just came out from last year's class. Really curious to see what happens with the rookies, dude, because I feel like Mobley's been awesome, but yeah, those centers. Like it's hard. People just don't like them. Yeah. Well, so I'm really curious. To you're see saying what for like, there. you're saying like, uh, uh, card wise. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're, they're just not you know, like the Zion cards were like, not as not very popular. Yeah. Com- like it, they, when they were, but just like not compared to, I feel like what we expected. Do you, do you think that that's like true or no, I think that is true. Flip? I think it, I think that's entirely true. Cause I think like you're seeing, like you always see guys like Devin Booker and like these, mm-hmm. these shooting guards and mm-hmm. guys with the ball a lot. They, I mean, they're getting more love than your, like, your, your Jokic. Like, if, if Booker yeah, was right. the MVP exactly. last year, his card would have been double what Jokic's yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, turns out my rookie pick this year, Jalen Suggs, sucks. Um, but he's only played five games. I know, but I'm done. He's I'm, not going to win I'm, rookie of the year. Though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I watched the game last night and it was he's like rough. Cole, Cole Anthony. Tough. Had, he had a great game, Dude, like 21 points. But crazy. he basically, like, every time he could have passed the ball to Jalen Suggs, he was pretty much like, nope. Like, I've, uh, I I've, want this you've job. turned the ball over, like, four times, and, like, this is, yeah, exactly. Well, also, they're competing for the same minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I, it was like, oh, okay. Like, you're just not going to pass the ball to him at all. Yeah, so tough. But his his assist and rebounding and stuff has, have looked all right. He just needs to figure out his scoring. Yeah. Which I mean, rookie point guards—it's no joke. He does like, this thing too, where he just like just dribbles into a bunch of people. Yeah, you don't want to be doing that. And it's like maybe in college you get away with that, but like here in the NBA, like guys are just going to collapse and grab the ball from you. So, yep. Um, okay, Julian, uh, that's it Good for the stuff. podcast. Uh, first half, Chris Hine. Um, second half, your boy. Second half, Julian. <laughs> Julian, you'll be back next week, uh, early in the week. We'll talk. Uh, I don't have the Wolves schedule in front of me right now, but I think uh, the Wolves have the Nuggets on Saturday. I think that's right. Um, and then I think they have the Clippers twice next week. So, nice. um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll chat more about, like, the week ahead. Um, hopefully we can, like, our second 
podcast of the week every week we can have a guest on which is mm-hmm. kind of nice yep but but we'll see i'm not going to make promises because we've done it before and we always fail <laughs> promises never are never a good thing don't make nope. promises no um for example i told my wife that i would have a mushroom appetizer done when she gets home tonight um no like i i very i doubt very highly they'll be done by the time she gets home tonight so we're on the clock right on now. It. Yeah, Better I know. Get on it. Um, all right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Julian, thank you for being you. Um, you got it. Yeah, we will talk to you guys next week.